0: Welcome to the International Family Church Podcast. This weekend, we continued our series called The Call to Character. The main takeaway from this series is that God's ultimate goal for your life is not your comfort, but for your character development. Serving at IFC is a great way to do what you love while also developing great character. Whether you're a musician, love working with children, or just want to serve a cup of coffee, there's a place on our Dream Team just for you. For more information on how to serve on one of our dream teams, go to intlfamilychurch.com. We've recently added a fourth service on Sundays, and we are so excited for the opportunity to reach more people and help them encounter the love of Jesus. Our new service times are Sundays at 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. We look forward to seeing you this weekend. Now here's the final part of A Call to Character.
1: Are you ready for God's word today? So excited about this final part in our series. And so let's pray. If you have your Bibles or your favorite digital device, we're going to go over to Galatians chapter 5, our text for this series. We'll read that in just a moment. But let's pray and believe God together. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity. We have to open up this amazing book called the Bible. Thank you, Father, that you loved us so much that you wrote a book about yourself so we wouldn't be intimidated by you, we wouldn't be afraid of you, that we would find out how much you love us and and the bigness of the plan you have for each one of us, that's so good. Father, as we open up the Word of God, we do it with reverence today, we do it with respect, we do it with with a, a sense of anticipation and expectation, sitting on the edge of our seats because we don't want to just read the Bible today, we want the Bible to read us. We want the Bible to show us areas that we need to grow and improve and areas that we're doing good and areas, Father God, that we can keep this growing going in our lives. And so we're so careful to give you all the honor, all the glory and praise because you're the only one that's worthy of it all. All of God's people said, amen. 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 God bless you. Today is our final part in our six-part series entitled A Call to Character. A Call to Character is a series about character, how to grow our character how to develop our character by making sure we really understand the fruit of the Spirit and how to cultivate them and how to grow them in our lives. We read it here in Galatians chapter 5 our main text, it says this, the fruit of the Spirit, and we remind you always, that's a capital S, it's it's the Holy Spirit so we don't, these next words we read, we don't develop these on our own these aren't human abilities. These are these are, these are uh, uh, natures and abilities and characteristics and attributes that the Holy Spirit helps us develop. Isn't that good news today? Yes. We're not out here on our own trying to make all this work. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now you need to understand something, that any time a communicator stands up here and ministers God's word to you, we first apply God's word to ourselves. Right? Right, Pastor Josh? We don't, we don't arrive. Because we preach it doesn't mean we have it all together. Doesn't mean we figured it all out. I heard a man of God tell me years ago, we're anointed to preach it. We're not anointed to live it. I have to live the word of God just like you do. I don't have a fast track. I don't have a 1-800 call God when I'm in trouble, right? I wish I did, but I don't. I got to do it just like you do. So anytime the word of God comes across, man, the Holy Spirit's always working in us first so that we can continue to grow. We have not arrived and don't assume that we have because we have not. The good news is that every follower of Christ, these This God nature, these characteristics, this manifestation of the Spirit of God, the good news is if you're a follower of Christ, they're in you already. These characteristics are on the inside of you, they've been deposited in you. And that's why it's so important that we develop them. We all need more love, more joy, more peace. We all need patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We all need more gentleness and self control. I know I do. How about you? Now we all need that, absolutely. Every one of us understand the importance of this, but we, this is not some easy task. We will spend the rest of our life on earth developing these qualities in our lives. What does it mean to produce spiritual fruit? Well, if, if I plant an apple seed in the soil and then leave it alone, it'd be pretty presumptuous of me to expect that one day I'm going to eat, eat an apple from that seed. Right? Now how many know it's a great first step? It's a great first step to sow the seed. But you know what has to happen? We have to cultivate that seed. We've got to water it. We've got to nurture it. Fertilize it. We've got to prune it when the branches start to grow. We need to cultivate it so that one day what happens? There's this beautiful tree in my backyard and I'm enjoying the fresh sweet fruit of of the apples. And so we are no different. The day you gave your life to Christ so much so In essence, the Holy Spirit was planted as a seed in your spirit. That's a great first start. It's a good beginning, but you can't just leave it alone. You can't leave that seed all by itself. This wonderful helper, this wonderful power that lives on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit, you can't leave it by itself. you got to do something about it. Great first start. Great step one in your spiritual journey, no doubt. But we have to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. We have to cultivate the nature of Christ. We have to cultivate, cultivate His, His nature, His ability, His action, His way of doing things. Absolutely, it's part of the process. Process. and one of the primary purposes or job description, if you will, of the Holy Spirit is to help us conform to the image of Christ. He's our helper. He wants to conform us, not to our old, selfish, sinful image. We've all been there, done that. He wants to help us to conform us to the image of Christ. But that takes work. That takes time. That does not happen overnight. It's a process. And we'll be at this for a very, very long time. Amen. Wow. It's true. These qualities are in us. Doesn't mean we operate them in them. Operate in them doesn't mean that we care. Doesn't mean that we know. It doesn't mean any of that. It means it's there. But this series is all about helping us do something about it and giving you the tools that when this series is long gone, you're still growing. You're still developing. You're still maturing, right? You're still being the best that you can be. Week one, we talked about character matters. What is it? Why is it important? It's about how character is in, when no one's watching. Character is what happens in the dark. Character happens when you're by yourself. Character happens when no one's there to examine your life or, or be a witness of what's going on. Week two, we talked about our number one spiritual priority. That's love. It should be your number one purpose in life is, is to understand it, grow it, receive God's love, walk in His love. Absolutely, it's paramount. Week two, we talked about the fruit of joy and peace. For the last two weeks, Pastor Josh spoke about uh, the fruit of patience and kindness. And last week, the fruit of goodness and faithfulness. Today, in our last part, we're going to talk about the fruit of gentleness and self control. I heard the grunts. All three, all two, first two services the first service really grunted. I don't know what was about the first service, but they were very expressive about, oh no, gentleness and self-control. We can all relate to that, no doubt. And here's our big takeaway. Here's the one point I want you to go home with today that I believe is really important. Let's develop this point. The fruit of the Spirit is not about how we feel, but about what we choose to do. That's very important See, I tell people all the time, I'm Italian. Don't take away my feelings. (laughs) I like my feelings. I like having feelings, right? I'm an emotional guy. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of passion on the inside, but I had to learn that I couldn't always have those feelings be my bottom line how I felt at the moment, the circumstances, the drama. I-, I couldn't live my life being a drama king. I couldn't live my life, or you can't, being a drama king or queen. No, there's certain choices we have to make. And so today, as we close this part off, amen, this series out, I want to help you do better at choosing. Several months back in one of the series, I talked about how I'm amazed by how many people have a broken chooser. Right, you remember that? A broken chooser. We find love in all the wrong places. We put our money in all the wrong places, right? We're, we're in a tough place and, and we can't choose right. We're always choosing wrong. And the good news is that's the Holy Spirit's job to help you make have a good chooser, right? So you can choose how to do it. And we'll talk more about that today. You notice from our key verse in our series in Galatians 5, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love. And, and we realize that the fruit here is singular. Yeah. And because why? Because there's only one fruit. That's the fruit of love. Yeah. And you think, wait a minute, I thought we just read that there are nine fruits of the Spirit. I, what's up with that? Well, there's only one. It's called love. And the other eight are manifestations yeah. of love. There are, there are qualities that come out of love. You commit yourself to love, and the rest of these manifestations are going to come to pass. We gave you the illustration one last time of uh, this fruit called orange, right? Wrote love on it. Here's the fruit of the Spirit right here it's love. But you peel it, what happens? You'll find all the sections on the inside, right? And you find a little bit of joy. You find a little bit of peace. You find a, a little bit of faithfulness. You find a little bit of patience. And today, gentleness and self-control, because all of it's on the inside, just like we have to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. So today, let's continue to peel the orange, and let's talk about the fruit of gentleness. When we look at our world, and we look at it through the perspective of 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 the news, of social media, angry protests, you know the constant um, uh, quali- constant bickering and complaining politically, and all the all the pundits and their continue on and on and on about their posturing and and the dog eat dog world and the world that we live in and the world that we work in. Let me tell you something: we could all declare today. It's not a very gentle world out there, is it? Not at all. It's not a gentle world at all. In fact, we're surrounded by images of, of, of violence and anger and betrayal and hatred and bigotry and poverty and struggle and, and, and hard labor. It's definitely brutal out there. And then you come to church, and, you're gonna, and, you're, and the subject today is the fruit of gentleness, right? Gentleness, for me, conjures up pictures of soft babies and... <laughs> Right, little lambs, and all the soft little things. I don't know about you, but that's that's kind of what it conjures up in my mind. And we think about gentleness and this word, and we might be thinking, "Oh no, I'm already in trouble. I don't have a not so gentle personality. And I, if, if, if if being a Christian means I've got to walk in gentleness, I don't know if I qualify." I don't know if that's really what would describe me. Gentle does not describe me at all. So, when I was first introduced to the fruit of the Spirit some years ago, this was the one gentleness that I thought, oh, brother, this is going to be an issue. You see, I can be loud. I enjoy joking around. I love having fun. I'm tactful, but I'm direct. I'm more on the assertive side than the passive side. And if you talk to my wife, she'll tell you that I'm far too sarcastic for her taste. (laughs) That there's just way too much sarcasm in our household. So if I'm being honest and want to teach this right today, let me tell it myself. So there was one Sunday morning, got done doing two services. This is when we were still in Winchester. And we were on our way to Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, to have lunch with Verna's parents, uh, and we're on our way. We're going down Mass Avenue. I'm in Arlington, and I remember the intersection well. Oh, yeah. I can close my eyes and realize exactly where I was. The light turned red. I slowed down, and some guy just ran you know, right in front of me and just put on his brakes to catch the red light. I stand on my brakes at the same time, slamming on my horn, saying, You You idiot! What's wrong with you? Who taught you how to drive? Right? On the horn, window comes down, out comes his arm with that universal one way sign. <laughs> that does not mean God bless you. Right? Out comes the one way sign. Back on the horn. I'm going to town thinking, I can't believe you just flipped me the bird. What are you doing? <laughs> and I felt these eyes glaring at me from the passenger seat. My wife's eyes were piercing my soul. (laughs) I looked over and said, what? Well, tell me you've never done that. What? Like I'm innocent of something. I'm busy doing some things here. What are you staring me down for? And she had this look on her face I'll never forget. And she said, Pastor Jonathan, (laughs) 25 minutes ago, you were preaching about how God loves us. And she said it again. Pastor Jonathan. Just like Right? Which didn't make me feel very good. Which made me realize all the more, I've got some work to do on gentleness. I don't think you would, right? Maybe some of you might have the same idea. Amen, if gentleness means I've gotta be quiet and demure and and have no fun, then I don't wanna sign up for that. See, I didn't understand gentleness. I had it all wrong. So what is gentleness? Why is it so important? And why do I need to develop it and have genuine Bible gentleness in my life? Well, gentleness is not so much about our natural personality traits as is it about our attitude and how we approach others. It doesn't mean I didn't have some sharp edges of my personality traits that didn't need to be, uh, you know, shaved down a little bit. It doesn't mean that we can't work on ourselves. Absolutely. But it's more about our attitudes and how we approach others, about how we deal with others who have a different opinion, different lifestyle, you know, different season of life. You know, someone who's, who's uh, in, a, in a place where my opinion would be very different than their opinion. It's in that setting where we have to learn how to operate in gentleness. See, gentleness also is translated meekness not a 21st century word, meekness. So, modern day translations would be, use the word gentleness. It's more of a word that we might use or more that we would understand. But, but, meekness is what the word is. But, hear me loud and clear meekness does not mean weakness. Many people confuse meek with weak. It's regrettable that they rhyme. Amen. Because godly gentleness and meekness has nothing to do with weakness at all. In fact, it requires some serious strength. The word meekness, if you define it, the word meekness translated from the original language means strength and power under control. It absolutely means that I can blow you away right now, but I choose not to. I can slice and dice you with my words right now, but I choose not to. I have a different opinion, and I'm pretty versed in my opinion right now, but I'm not going to give it right now. It's not important that I do it right now. I could do it and do it forcefully, but I choose not to. It's because you're so different than me, and you're kind of off the wall right now, in my opinion. I, I, can, I can address that, and you and I can deal with it right now, but it's not necessarily important that we do it right now. I can do it, but I choose not to. That's strength. That's not weakness. Amen. Amen. See, some of us have given a piece of our mind away so many times, we have very little left. And we have to stop giving away pieces of our mind. Wow. See, the opposite of gentleness is anger, a desire for revenge. It's rage, it's self-aggrandizement, trying to make ourselves look better than somebody else. Legends in our own mind, posing like we're somebody else and we're just a bunch of posers and and really there's, there's weakness in our lives, there's no strength there at all. And as I allowed God to transform me, I began to welcome the spirit of gentleness and I began to understand that it was really a very manly concept. It was really a very feminine concept for the ladies. And uh, I could be a real man and, and still be gentle. And, and my sarcasm began to change in my life. See, here's my dilemma I'm going to the garage with two big bags of garbage. And my wife says, Where are you going? I'm thinking that's just way too easy. She's just setting me up royally right there. What do you mean, where am I going? And my answer would be laundry. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. It's just right there. You just kind of, whoop, whoop, you know, it sucks too easy, Verna. I would say to her, and she'd get mad and decide, that's just disrespectful. I said, well, help me out. And don't ask such obvious questions. <laughs> right? You're setting me up here. Okay? I'm, I'm going to take out the garbage. Every Thursday, I'm in my office, and she'll pop in and say, "What's you doing?" So I—it's there, unfortunately. It rages in my mind. It begs for deliverance. It begs to be—it begs to be communicated. But I've learned to say, "Studying." I want to say, "What else do I do every Thursday in my office?" You get it. But see, I had to learn that just because that might be true about me. It feels this respect to my wife and it's something I knew I had to work on. So when I choose love as my number one priority, love wouldn't do that. Love wouldn't go there. It's still in my head. I, I'm still needing help, okay? I'm, I still need victory here, but I'm a work in progress and I'm getting better at it, thank God. See, God accepts us the way we are, but he realized certain branches of this tree need to be pruned every once in a while. If we're gonna do, if we're gonna have all of our lives, give parts of our lives, give honor and glory to God, then you gotta be willing to allow circumstances to come our way to help prune us and become better. So obviously God has used Verna very much in my life. Amen. Yeah, I'm doing better. I hope that clap is for me, right? Cause, cause, <laughs> cause I'm doing better. So here, here's a perfect example of gentleness. Here's a perfect example of the word. Let's say I have a very serious injury. I need someone to carry me and take me to a place where I can get better. I need that person to pick me up how? Gently. Right? Gently. I'm in pain. I'm hurting. But I also need them to be what? Strong. I don't want them dropping me. I don't want them making my injuries worse. So I need somebody to be gentle with me because I just hurt myself, but they need to be strong so that I can be where I need to be and not continue to not be healthy. Is that a good illustration? You have to understand that's the power of gentleness. It's strong and it's soft gentle and strong at the same time. But true strength is shown by a secure individual who stays cool, thinks first, and responds in a way that best helps the other person. Here's what I've learned about gentleness. Gentleness puts others first. Gentleness doesn't take hate, doesn't hate or throw insults. Gentleness reminds, remembers that we are all a work in progress gentleness extends grace undeserved favor and gentleness is a soft answer amen see gentleness puts others first not because i have to but but i put it first because i want to i enjoy doing it if it's a chore and you do it because you feel like you have to that's not real gentleness we do it and put others first because we enjoy putting others first we don't hate or throw insults. It's easy to do, and honestly, on, on, on social media nowadays, no doubt, but because you vote different, just because you dress different, just because you think different, just because you, you know, are very different than I am, and our experiences are very different, does not give me the right to hate you and throw insults. I, I, I need a better amen than that. Yeah. Gentiles, remember, we're all a work in progress. Are you kidding me? Every one of us are, are, are better. We're, we're not where we once were. We're not where we want to be, but we're grateful that we are where we are. Amen. Better than yesterday, but on my way to someplace better. We're all a work in progress. Every one of us are a work in progress. I don't care who you are. And gentleness extends grace. Man, sometimes people just need some mercy. Sometimes they just need favor. They don't need your judgment. They don't need your look. Man, they need some favor and some grace. And oftentimes gentleness is just a a different kind of answer and not one that that, that puts gasoline on fire. I can't tell you how many times I put gas on fire instead of putting water on fire. It's a whole lot easier with your life if you learn to quit putting so much gasoline on the fires that are around you. Amen. I love Proverbs 15.1. It tells it just like it is. Respond gently when you are confronted and you'll diffuse the rage of another. Responding with sharp cutting words will only make it worse. Don't you know that being angry can ruin the testimony of even the wisest of men? Great verse of scripture right there. It leads us right perfectly into the fruit of self-control. Two examples to help you understand this. Associated Press recently, and I read this, recently reported that a president of a Midwestern theological seminary was fired after the trustees determined that his temper imperiled his leadership, the article said. president confessed to misappropriation of anger, After hours of agonizing discussions and interviews with the president, vice president, the majority of the board voted and concluded that his expression of anger had impaired, uh, irreparably damaged um, his ability to lead the seminary. So who would have thought that after years of educational preparation, in-depth study of the scriptures, the this president would lose his job because he could not control his emotions. Another article I read was an article about two penniless refugees from Cuba. They became millionaires, millionaires because of their ability to control their emotions. That's right, Umberto and Georgiana came to America in the 70s. Umberto learned English in New York City and, and Georgiana learned English in, in, in LA, in Los Angeles. They met in the University of Miami. Got jobs as reporters, not a job that would definitely see or, or sense that you would have any kind of wealth through being a reporter. But Umberto learned from a math teacher a very important principle. It was called compound interest. And he learned that with compound interest must come patience and self-control. So early in their marriage, they said, we're going to save as much as we could, much as we can. 66% of their income they saved year after year after year. Finally, they invested $1,200 a month. Eight years later, they were millionaires. Millionaires. (laughs) Now listen, there's an important part here, an important truth that we need to understand something. Amen. What's the secret to Umberto and Georgiana's success? How could they come from such humble beginnings and achieve so much while the seminary president who had so much quickly lost it? Well, it's called what? The answer is self-control. If you have it or are willing to get it, many positive things can happen to you. If you don't have it and you think you can make it through life without it, you will suffer because of unwise, uncontrolled decisions. What an example. And how we can apply it to our lives. How many of us are jobless or we went from job to job, relationship to relationship because we could not control our emotions, because we could not control our tongue. We could not control our thoughts. How many of us today are deep in a hole? Others are in jail or in prison or been in prison because we did not know how to control ourselves. As we have seen, love is our number one spiritual priority. And love is the fruit of the Spirit when all the other aspects are manifestations of that love. In Galatians 5, I believe on purpose, mentions the fruit of love first and the fruit of self-control last. Last. I believe they are bookends that make it all work. I believe you cannot operate in the fruit of the Spirit without love and without self-control. You must have both. How could you operate in any of the others unless you had some self-control? Are you hearing me? Amen. We will not operate in any of the fruit of the Spirit. It will not work without self-control. Remember what our big takeaway was? Remember, it was the fruit of the Spirit is not about how we feel, but about what we choose to do. Let me tell you something. If you wait to feel like being kind, you never will be kind, right? Right? Maybe on a good day when everything is just wonderful and everything falls into place, kind of accidentally you will be kind. But if you don't feel like being kind, you're not going to be kind. You can be the safest person in the world. I mean, save, saved. From the top of your head, your hair is saved and your toenails are saved. Everything in between, you are saved. And you walk in in the gifts and you're a gifted person. There's going to come a day where you're going to feel like hitting somebody upside the head. (laughs) I don't care how saved you are. Right? I don't care how saved you are. You're going to be in a situation someday, somewhere, where you're going to want to hurt somebody. (laughs) Been there? Yeah. So have I. Pastor Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Pastor Jonathan. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit that we choose to develop. We choose to operate in. God gives us self-control so we can discipline ourselves. Without self-control, we cannot have the things that we desire. God has big plans for you, but just because He has big plans for you doesn't mean that any of them are going to come to pass. Why? Because it requires self-control. You see me up here on Sunday morning, Pastor Josh, we're doing four services. I promise you, I promise you, it's one of the smallest things we do all week long. Oh, yeah, 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 it's, it's work, there's no doubt. Oh, yeah, it's a big privilege, it's an honor. Let me tell you something, it's small, right? It's small in comparison to what we have to do all week long. The time of study, the praying, amen, needing to do things. Man, it's nice and beautiful outside. And I'm in, I'm in the house working on my Sunday message, you know, 15 hours, 25 hours or more, working on one message for Sunday morning. There are things I do I would rather not do. But I want to be the best pastor you ever had. So guess what I do? Guess what I do? I have self control. And I do the stuff I need to do to make sure that I have the right heart, right attitude to represent you and to represent you well for a very long time. Amen. Amen. How do we do that? Unless we have some self-control. Come on, businessman. Come on, businesswoman. Come on, man of God, woman of God. Come on, mom, dad, parent. Come on, young adult. You want to succeed? You're not going to do it without self-control. You're not gonna do it without having some control of oneself. Yes. Yes. But isn't it interesting that people would rather control you than control themselves? Yes. Control freaks are always wanting to control us. Yes. Control me, control you, yes. right? Because they can't control themselves. So they'd rather control you. Right. Wow, it's called self-control. Amen. Now you need more than self to help you with self-control. You need the Holy Spirit to help yourself be self-controlled. Say that real fast. Right? Amen. That's how it works. That's the plan of God. Amen. We have discipline in our thoughts. We have discipline with our words. Maybe we don't think that we have any discipline, but good news is, yes, we do. If you're saved, you have discipline. You have self-control within you. And thank God the Bible tells it to us and reminds us, for those of you that think you can't do this, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of, of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing, fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and a calm, well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. There it is. There it is. Put the rest. I can't do this. Tell yourself you're wrong. Tell the devil not today. Amen. Make up your mind to say, I can do this. You want to be successful? You want to be a high capacity leader? You, you, want, you want to provide for your family? You want good character? You want a reputation that honors God, that people admire? Building a legacy? You can't do it without self-control. You cannot do it without self-control. Everything in life takes a quality decision. Cleaning your house. Losing, your, losing some weight. Tithing a dime on every dollar. Not spending more money than you should. Maintaining peace. Choosing to, to live your life that honors God and live holy and righteous. Every one of those takes some self-control. The angels are not going to come down and clean your house, even though you rebuke the dirt. Right? Ain't going to happen. Not today. Not ever. Amen. Guess who has to clean it? You do. Or at least have the money to hire somebody else to do it. But nonetheless, it needs to get done. Amen. It needs to get done. During the hard years when Ver and I tithe, Self-control kept us tithing until the manifestation showed up. That's right. Until we got out of debt. I tithe. We said, no, we're not doing it. Well, that could pay a bill. Got it. But man, I'm going to obey God with my tithe. Yes. Amen. Praying, nothing seems to change. Self-control said, keep on praying. Right. Staying faithful day in and day out. The church wasn't growing. No one's getting saved. And guess what? I had self-control to say, this is God's call. This is God's will. It will succeed. Yeah. And you are no different in your life, mom, dad, right? All the things you're dealing with in this life yet require self-control. It's virtually impossible to show forth the other eight fruit of the Spirit without walking in self-control. How in the world can you remain peaceful in the middle of upsetting circumstances without self-control? How in the world do you keep choosing joy when all the bombs are dropping around you? How in the world do you stay faithful When you realize, man, this is hard work, self-control. How in the world do you stay generous and have goodness in your life when you know you need it yourself, but you know, no, this is God's plan. This is what I know I need to do. Self-control says, no, keep on sowing. Keep on being a blessing. Use your time, talent, and treasure for his honor and for his glory. It all comes down to some self-control. Amen. Now here, here's my, my last verse for today. Last verse of the season, season, series, not season, series. Thank you. This is good stuff. Second Corinthians 5.20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Wow. So speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. I challenge you at the close of the series right now that you will live. And a constant reminder that your life should represent God well. That you make up your mind, the call of character, you hear it loud and clear, you hear God calling you. Come on, we need some more character over here. We need some more character over here. If you're gonna represent me, if you're gonna make if I'm gonna make my appeal to the world through you, it's pretty serious. Pretty serious. Eternity matters through you that I want to represent Him well. I want my character to grow. I want to be all that I can be. I want to recognize that that when I make a decision to commit to the fruit of the Spirit, when I make a commitment, let me tell you something. Vern and I made up our minds years ago that the Del Turcos were not going to be ordinary. We made up our minds that the Del Turcos would be exceptional. Didn't always look that way. Didn't always seem that we were. We made up our minds that we were going to be exceptional. We made up our minds that our kids will be exceptional. Our grandkids will be exceptional. And anybody who comes in contact with us will be inspired to be exceptional. But we made up our mind years ago that the way to live an exceptional life is to be committed to the fruit of the Spirit. It's to be committed to grow. It's to be committed to pray be committed to God's Word, to be committed to His process, recognizing that we want to represent Christ well. We were born to display the fruit of the Spirit, and we will never be fulfilled without them. Amen. Big takeaway. fruit of the Spirit is not about how we feel. People tell me all the time, I don't feel God. But now today I feel God. I don't feel saved. Now I feel saved. I don't feel like giving. I know I want to give. I don't know if I'll wake up tomorrow morning and want to go to work. I don't know how I feel. If that's your motto, stamp confused on your forehead. Because you will live your life dysfunctional every single day. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm trying to be a good pastor to help you realize you cannot live your life that way. Why? But about what we choose to do. Who are you? What do you stand for? What's, what is it about your life? What is it that makes you different? What is it that makes you desiring to grow more in the things of God? I'm telling you fruit of the spirit will set you apart. Who doesn't want to be married to the fruit of the spirit? Who doesn't want to have a best friend that's full of the fruit of the spirit? Who doesn't want to have a banker in their life or an investor in their life that doesn't have the fruit of the spirit? Who doesn't want to work with a businessman or businesswoman that, that they emulate the fruit of the Spirit? Eh, we all do. Are you kidding me? And it's all possible. Why? Because we choose it. That's why. Did you learn something today? Yes. I got to unhook. I'm having too good of a time. Let's stand to our feet today. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, raise those hands towards heaven today. Oh, tell the Lord you love Him today. Thank Him for His patience. Thank Him for His long-suffering for his self-control, that he didn't destroy us and make us crispy critters for some of the dumb things we've done. Thank God he is full of the fruit of the spirit. Thank God Jesus had self-control. He could have come down off that cross and called angels down to destroy all the all the Roman soldiers, but he didn't. He had self-control. He had love for us, Father, we worship you today. We love you. Thank you for helping us grow. Give us hope in our heart. We can do this. We are going to keep the growing going. We're going to keep changing. We're going to keep getting better. No matter matter how many setbacks we have, we're going to pick ourselves up and keep on growing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help today. that's the presence of God you feel right now he's loving you he's not condemning you he's for you not against you don't you ever doubt it another day of your life thank you Father with every head bowed please Pastor I need Jesus today maybe you're here and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior maybe you're here and you you're tired of doing this your own way. It's not working. You're not sure about heaven. You're not sure about your sins. You're not sure about this Christian stuff. You're not sure about the spiritual journey. But it all starts with making sure Jesus lives in your heart. You want to operate in what we talked about in this series? It starts with Jesus. It starts with asking him to come into your heart and forgiving you from your sin. Start a brand new relationship and a brand new beginning with somebody who knows exactly who you are will come on the inside and love you through all your drama. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. If you're here today and you'll say, Pastor, I need Jesus so badly. I'm done doing this myself. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not because I want to embarrass you or because I'm going to call you forward. None of that. I just want you to own up. I just want you to be intentional and say, that's me. It's time for me. That's you. And you'll say, Pastor, I need prayer today. Pray for me, please. Would you raise your hand nice and high? Who are you? Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you yeah thank you I see it over there thank you yeah all over here thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you I see it back there thank you God bless you wonderful thank you yep I see it behind the pole there wow anybody else how wonderful to see hands go up today second service was the same way God's so good yeah thank you thank you ushers I see it I got you sir I see it thank you let's pray together you that are joining us online come on pray with us pray this all together Father in Jesus name here's my heart I need you Jesus I'm tired of doing it my way I'm tired of being the boss of me forgive me from my sin I declare you as my Lord and Savior I submit under your Lordship you are now the boss of me I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.